This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. I got cat class and I got cat style. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Bob Thompson. Welcome back. Welcome back to AM740. Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Bob Comsick in for Libby Zneimer. And cats, we did have one years ago, uh, Tiger. Still don't know to this day what happened to him. As we know, anybody who owns a cat, they do like to kind of uh, go out in the evening. And uh, I guess Tiger found uh, maybe some love because he never did return, return home. But my better half, Sandy, and I are proud co-owners more like caretakers, especially if our daughter Tamara is listening, her best friend, Billy, her Papillon Poodle Mix. <laughs> While Tamara and our son Michael were growing up, both wanted a pet, but they were active in sports like so many families, and we weren't home all that much, so it really wouldn't have been fair to the animal uh, or the kid. So just over nine years ago, this two-pounder came into our lives and us into his, and uh, a blessing if anyone's a pet owner, they know that just uh, that's an understatement. But let's hear about yours, be it a dog, cat, rabbit, whatever you've got. 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-744-740. And if you've been listening from the start, we've had uh, Arta Cole, founder, chair of Elder Dog Canada, uh, informing us about uh, her organization and uh, efforts. And uh, Arda has agreed to stick around. And I'm going to give you, I guess, a title of co-hosting, if you wish, so that if you have a question for our next guest coming up, uh, feel free. You're a little more knowledgeable than I might be to to jump in with a question. And our next guest is Dr. Kathleen Alcock, who's with the Ashbridges Bay Animal Hospital on Gerard near Coxwell, which is a little southwest of uh, where I spent my early years. So a shout out to... Uh, to anyone who uh, graduated from from Bowmore Public. Anyway, Dr. Alcock, uh, welcome. Thank you very much. In addition to fielding questions from our listeners, uh, are you on the clock today? No, are you working? Sir. No, sir, I'm at home. Ah. One of my days off. Okay. Um, is summer a busy or busier time of year for, for you and at the clinic and, and maybe some of your colleagues? I, I think it's a different type of time for us. Um, we have we have different peaks and valleys in our our, our our times, but a lot of people do go away to cottages and stuff like that during the summer. But you know, um, we we get we get unfortunately dogs are out a little bit more, and we may get a few more emergencies during the summer. Okay, now uh, it looks like uh, even though you're not on the clock, you're going to be on the clock, sort of. We've got uh, Hal from Kitchener joining us, and you've got one about uh, about your dog? Yeah, I hope I can get through this without too much emotion, but anyway. Uh, you're you're forgiven. Hey. And how gracious and how wonderful and terrific they are. I had two black labs, one English breed and one American breed, and they're quite different. And I let them get together, 
and I was told that there were, by the veterinarians, that there were several puppies in there. You could hear the, the heartbeat and all that stuff. One puppy was born, only one. Oh. And it was human, humongous in size. It was, uh, it was oversized because it was by, by himself in there. There were no afterbirths, no stillbirths. They checked everything. They, they x-rayed and so on and so forth. Anyway, one puppy. And he became my buddy. What, what's, the, what's the name? His name? Yeah. I named him after about five days, Chipper. There you go. He was not expected to live, nor was his mother, because they had such a difficult birthing. And, and it turned out that I had to milk her. He, the veterinarian showed me how to do this, my vet. I, I know known him for years. He showed me how to milk her and feed the, the baby through a thimble. He didn't, he didn't want anything to do with them, as I said. But uh, anyway, I did that. Oh, I was up 24 hours a day with him for about two weeks. I didn't see my bedroom once. But anyway, the long and short of it is, we were together for 19 and a half years. Yeah, be- best years, years. Best years of your life, no doubt. I'm sure you'd agree best with that. Years. <laughs> I've had a lot of wonderful kids but I spent more time with my puppy dog than I did with my children. You know, and unless somebody such as yourself, uh, Hal, or myself, um, or either of our our guests uh, who may have owned or still own uh, pets, unless you're one, you don't, I don't know if they can really understand just how big a part of the family they are and oh, absolutely well i was retired at this time fortunately like i'm i'm 83 years old and and i uh i was able to travel by motorhome with my well i bought the, a motorhome for my dog so we could travel anywhere we wanted to go anytime and stay anywhere anywho the long and short is he he made it to almost every state in the union every province in canada alaska twice we traveled all over, and he was so well-trained, he wouldn't let me out of his sight. Well, la- labs are usually just, what a demeanor they have. Oh, yeah. Well, this guy... Better than some people, but anyway. Yeah, I was the first thing he smelled or, or, or sensed when he was born, so I think he kind of thought that, you know, he had to stick around with me because I was maybe his, his mommy or daddy. Well, I, I, as much as we... Uh, love them, and you know it's unconditional where pets are concerned, and I think more so uh, dogs are reliant on their their owners than than cats well, might be. I was more reliant on him than he was. Uh, I'm on sure. Me. I'm but sure he wouldn't let me out of his sight. We well, could go anywhere. He was leash trained, but I didn't need a leash. We could go anywhere, and he would not let me out of his sight. Well, see, there you go. You say you're uh, more reliant on him if he could speak, and we all know that dogs' eyes can, that uh, he's probably, he probably told you countless number of times how much he relies on you. So oh, he absolutely, was, both ways. Yeah, that's right. He was well, as lucky to have you. Care. Have a good show. Okay, Hal from Kitchener, thanks for joining us. And uh, Dr. Alcock, we've got Larry from Toronto who's got a heat-related question about his cat. Go ahead, okay. Larry. Hi, Bob. Thank you, Dr. Alcock. I was just wondering, how can I keep a cat cool in a hot apartment? It's not air-conditioned, and the cat's showing some signs of just being worn out. Uh, how old is your cat? Um, about middle age, I'd say. About three years old, four years old. Oh, okay. Shelter um, cat. Okay. Um, that's a tough one. 
I, I mean, certainly the same thing that you would do with humans. Um, the, um, you know, get a fan and, and things like that in the house. But um, cats sweat through their feet. So if you're wanting to cool her down or him down, I'm sorry, is it him or her? Uh, it's a her. Her. Cleo. You cool Cleo her down, the, cat. Um, the, the way we do it, if we get in a cat that's got a fever, we'll put alcohol on their, on their pads because um, cats only sweat through their feet. Mm-hmm. So a little dab of alcohol will help them just evaporate a little bit and dissipate some heat. And that's, that's um, not dangerous? Nope, not at all. Oh. Not alcohol like drinking alcohol, like a little bit of rubbing alcohol. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you very much. Yeah, no, no problem at all. I'm sure that was good that you clarified that you're talking about the medicine cabinet, not the liquor cabinet. <laughs> and I think Larry, Larry, thanks, Larry, by the way, for joining us. And I, I'm sure that uh, Larry got that. But uh, what about if, if I can throw in one for maybe some some dog owners? I'm just yeah, looking at, at at ours in walking our our little seven pounder, uh, especially with them being so small and closer to the uh, to the pavement, where of course where all the re- the heat radiates from. When you see them. Uh, you know, panting, and you say to yourself, "Okay, we'll keep it short. We might just do a half block or a block." But they're they're panting. But I mean, that's their way of sort of sweating, as it were. Right? Is is to basically uh, let it let it out that way, right? So yes. as long as and you don't overdo don't, it. Yeah, and cats don't do that. So like, like they don't pant. They're just I don't know if they're <clears throat> they're too delicate for that. <laughs> I don't want to look silly. But no, um, dogs, the, dogs. Yeah, the panting is is a, is certainly the first um, the first sign that the dog's getting overheated. But when when you bring that up, um, pavement is really bad for dogs during the summer. Um, the the heat that radiates off the off the, uh, the the road or even the sidewalk during a really hot day can burn their paws. Hmm. So <clears throat> it's really important during that, like especially today, I just put my dogs outside and we brought them right back in. They have a, a nice little pen in the backyard, but it's too hot out for them today. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the the same thing with the paws. If if they're getting, if you're too hot outside, they're they're way too hot on that pavement. And uh, the the best thing to do during the summer is go to a park. Let them let them run around a little bit on the grass and then head on home uh, and walk in the morning and the evening. What about if uh, a homeowner, if you happen to have a pool or a family member or a friend does, or if it's uh, the lake? I know the lake's different; it's more natural rather than chlorinated water or salt water. But still, what about uh, letting them cool off a little bit that way? <clears throat> That's an awesome idea. Um, just watch your the the city puts up um, warnings for different beaches if there's a if there's a a closure for people, it's a closure for dogs because it's the same bacteria and yeast and, or not yeast, uh, bacteria and algae that's causing problems for people that will cause problems for your dog. But um, swimming is great if you're in the lake. The only thing I tell people, especially with um, people with labs and long-haired dogs and stuff like that, when you get home after going to the beach, make sure that you rinse your dog off with nice clean water before they go inside because otherwise you're you're worried about getting a hot spot, um, the bacteria against the skin. Do you have to do the same if it's a pool? No, you don't. Because, no. um, pardon me, I'm going to sneeze. That's usually um, much cleaner water. Um, the, the And as long as you, you towel dry them, the skin will be fine. If they let you towel dry. 
Uh, right, I have yeah. one that doesn't. Oh yeah, this uh, ours. Uh, oh no, he'll he'll show his uh, he'll raise that little lip of his and saying, you know what, uh, towel yourself off. Never mind myself. I'll just shake it off and I'll I'll deal with it. Don't worry about it. Victor, yeah. Victor in Rexdale, you have a dog question. Go ahead, Victor. Yes, hello. Uh, I would like to ask the doctor this if she's ever heard of this. If a dog licks your leg. It's telling you you have an infection. Did you ever hear that, doctor? (laughs) I think that's an old cowboy myth. Um, The cowboys used to take the dogs around with them, and when they got a gunshot wound or a wound of some sort, they'd let their dog lick it. Uh, Well, I was just kind of wondering. I I have a gentleman across the street that he has a disease with his leg, and it's, 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 it's something that's ran in the family for about 80 years. Uh, anyway, I was over there, and the dog three weeks ago licked my leg, and I did have an infection. Hmm. So I think and he that told dog me is, that the dog is probably fairly intuitive. Then, so we're finding more and more that we're using dogs for, um, like, um, they're training dogs for particularly conditions like seizures. Dogs can also detect a diabetic with low glucose. So <clears throat> I'm not sure that the dog is detecting inf- maybe infection per se, but certainly he's saying, hey, something doesn't seem quite right here. Um, and dogs dogs are known for that. So, I, I, I mean, if this dog has that gift, then I would certainly pay attention. Well, the, the, the owner of this dog, uh, uh, I'm not up to date with dogs, but she, this, this owner told me, not that because it's her dog, but she said this dog is so smart. She said that it, it should be like a, not like a police dog, but meaning it, it can pick up things so quick. Dogs are incredibly intuitive. There's no question. My dog, I know if there was something, if I was afraid or if something was up, my dog would know it. One of them would anyway. The other one's a bit of a meathead. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I, I just wanted to, you know, as I said, uh, if you ever heard of that. but uh, Yes, I have, actually. Now that, I mean, I, I wouldn't discount it, certainly, but, like, there are dogs that actually can be put with children um, who are diabetic, and if, they're, if their blood sugar is going down, they will... Um, they will nudge them to go to the fridge and eat. And it, it, they can smell seizures that are coming or, or sense seizures that are coming and nudge the owner and make them lay down. Well, I couldn't believe it. Like I said, I went over, uh, like I said, this, this morning, uh, that morning, and, uh, and the dog just came up to me, and then they started to lick my leg. And, and, and the owner said to me, he says, you, you got an infection. Hmm. And I did. Wow. So I don't know. I'm just, you know. Uh, nope, that's, that's, I, 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 I've not heard it specifically with that. But yeah. Well, anyway, okay. um, I thought I'd leave that with you anyway. Thank okay. you. All right, Victor <laughs> thank, and Rexdale, thank, thank you. Okay, we've got Linda in Oshawa. Your question. Okay, I have a 11 year old Cocker Spaniel. He has seizures, but he hasn't uh-huh. had any for, say, four to six months, but okay. he has an inability to walk. He, lately, he uh, can't hardly get up on his hind legs to go very far. He's 
stumbles. We're using pee pads in the house, but um, he gets on them and he relieves himself, but he's not getting off them. I'm washing him down when um, he does this he- and drying him off, but my concern is that what is the actual the problem? Our vet has said it's uh, nerve damage from the seizures, but the occasional time when he does go outside, he can't get back in, so I have to lift up his backside to get up the step and into the house, and I can feel like a clicking feeling in his backside. Hmm. There's a couple of things. Without having my hands on the dog, I can't yeah, I diagnose, that. but I can, I can offer some suggestions. Um, so <clears throat> certainly nerve damage, like that's, that's, your vet's already come up with that. I would think the clicking from the back end would probably be more of an arthritic thing. Okay. So um, it wouldn't be uh, a broken or displaced bones or anything I like that? I don't think so. If he's able to get up and move around, um, most, most animals with broken or dislocated limbs can't, they, they physically can't get up. Right. But if there's, if there's problems with, with what's called gait, like if he's stumbly, um, I I worry a little bit about um, how long has he had these seizures? Uh, he's been having seizures about three to four years. Okay. But uh, they've been under control, I would say, more or less. Uh, he hasn't had any more since um, late winter, early spring. Okay. So I'm going to say something a little upsetting. Um, and I, I mean, certainly disca- disregard if this doesn't work for you, but in older dogs, um, often the source of a seizure is a brain tumor. Right. I understand that. That's what and, you already told me that. And That's I wonder if this, this not being able to walk now is a bit of a progression of the size of the brain tumor impinging on something. So what I would probably do is ask for a referral to neurology. Oh. Um, they may be able to help with control of the symptoms. Okay. Um, what what control of the symptoms would they be doing? Like, other than him, him not being able to stand on his own two four feet very long, and he could only walk uh, sort of in a crunched up gait for a couple of steps, and then he's down again. Mm-hmm. Um, what else would they would be dealing with? Well. Uh, I, at, like I, at the risk of sort of diagnosing over the phone, which I yeah, I, I realize you can't really do that because you don't have him laying in front of you. Yeah, because I can't do a neurological. Exam yeah, I understand on him, that, but, but I don't understand what they would do. So if you could explain to me what a neurologist would do. I can. So neurology, there, if there's imaging that can be done, um, right. sometimes sometimes they can. So I had, a, I had a dog earlier in my life who, rather like the first man that we heard from, she was 18 and a half when she finally died of cancer. She was my love of my life. Yeah, well, that's what he is. So neurology, I, I, she had some neurological signs and probably had a tumor called a meningioma, uh-huh. which is often a tumor that causes seizures, whether full-on seizures or partial seizures. So he had and grand ball seizures? Yep. Yeah. Those are surgically, um, and, and again, this is this is why I didn't want to get too much into it. The, the, those tumors are 
amenable to surgery because they're on the surface of the brain right rather than in the in the parenchyma of the brain or in the middle of the brain right and um my my research and my and my speaking to people about those tumors once you get the surgery done the quality of life is back to normal so what they would do is tell you where the tumor is and what it is and you know, it's always better to have a full diagnosis rather than a partial diagnosis. Yeah. So that would be my that would be my suggestion at this point. Okay, Doctor Alcock, thank you. And Linda, uh, your dog's name? It's Angus. Angus. Well, uh, obviously, you're going to look into that uh, quickly for for Angus, and uh, we wish you uh, and the family all the best with Angus. Well, thank you very much. All right. Enjoy your Simcoe day. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. And just before we go to break here, Dr. Alcock, I'm going to bring back Arta Cole, founder chair of Elder Dog Canada. Thanks for listening. I hope there's a few things there you might have picked up as well in listening. Yes, absolutely. So how, if anyone wants to get in touch with you and they were listening earlier and they said, come on, go back to art. I want to find out how we can (laughs) maybe open up a pod out this way or something. So uh, before we let you go and enjoy the rest of your day, tell us, how can uh, interested listeners do that? Well, uh, visit our website is uh, www.elderdog.ca. Uh, and there's a lot of information there uh, about Elder Dog and contact information. But the direct email address, uh, info at elderdog.ca. And, of course, our toll-free number is 1-855-336-4226. So I welcome uh, inquiries of any kind. And certainly, uh, if anyone is interested in, in volunteering, uh, that would be most welcome. And for the seniors and owners, as well as the senior dogs who can't speak up, Arta Cole of Elder Dog Canada, thanks for all your great work. Well, thank you very much, Bob. Okay. And then we've got uh, Dr. Alcock, who's going to stick around until 1 o'clock here on Zuma Radio's Fight Back with myself, Bob Comsick, filling in for Libby's Nimer. The number's to call, and you can start calling during the break here, 416-360-0740, toll-free, 1-866-744-740. Back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zuma Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to 1. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, 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 whoa. Fight back with Libby's Nimer on Zoomer Radio pussycat, with guest host Bob Comsick. You knew. You just knew that this was going to be played. Come on. Surely you knew this was going to make it somewhere in the hour. How could we not have thrown in Tom Jones in there? Mary of Richmond Hill, we will get to you, I promise. You're next in line. Thank you for hanging on. Grace in Toronto, you've got a question as well. We're going to get to you. But first, we're going to go see the segue. We call it in the business. You go from what's new, Pussycat, to Lawrence in Toronto, who's got a question about his cat. So we've got Dr. Uh, Kathleen Alcock with the Ashbridges Bay Animal Hospital on Gerard Street near Coxwell on the line. Lawrence, go ahead. Doctor, you're up. Hello, doctor. How are you? Uh, uh, I'm not too bad. Uh, I have a about a seven-year-old cat uh, we have in our house. He arrived as a kitten. Uh, now, twice, I went away in May for five days, and I went away early in July for five days, and he stopped eating and drinking and sat at the front door. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, um, he's overweight, so it didn't hurt him to lose you know, a pound or two. I have to go away for another seven days. Um, uh, in a, a few days, I'm just wondering. Uh, my nephew, who lives with him and takes care of him, is quite distraught uh, over this whole situation. Mm-hmm. We two uh, of us look after him, uh, you know, uh, and uh, it's, uh, as I say, he is overweight, so, uh, or a little heavy, so uh, the five-day periods didn't hurt him. He's about seven years old. Okay, doctor? Yeah, um, so being overweight actually is, cats are really sensitive to not eating. So a seven-day period of not eating is not going to be good for him. They get something called fatty liver. Fatty liver? Yeah, so oh. basically what happens is, is that the cat's metabolism starts working against it. It'll start digesting the fat and using the energy, but the liver gets very unhappy and you'll come back to a sick yellow cat. Oh. Um, so my thought would be, if you can afford to, mm-hmm. um, I would pop the cat in with a vet, um, uh, and just a lot of vets do boarding. Um, wow. And if you can, the, if the cat stops eating, the 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 boarding they, when they're in boarding, they will just lightly syringe feed the cat to try and keep the calories going so that the cat doesn't get sick. Sounds like the cat's just really really. Um, attached to you and mm. cats are not known for for coping well with change mm-hmm. uh, yeah i know so what you mean it's yeah. super well, important though to make sure that he doesn't go a full seven days without eating okay lawrence so maybe what is this fatty liver is that something you buy no, no no fatty liver is a disease oh that's a disease that's the disease and it's oh. expensive to try and treat them Okay, so Lawrence, yep. maybe you could get in touch with uh, your vet, even that, though it yeah. might it might mean a little bit of pain up front. But then there's the health of your of your pet, and there's also yeah. the peace of mind knowing when you go away that you're going to come yeah. back to a healthy uh, a healthy okay. pet. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very all, much. All right. Thank you. And now let's go to Mary in Richmond Hill, and uh, a question or two about your uh, adopted dog, rescue dog. Is it? Oh, I love adopted dog. We adopted a little 11-year-old Maltese last year when his papa died. And we went looking for a cat, because our cat is 17. He has a big black cat, the same nine pounds, the same as him, a little white Maltese. But, and the question is, uh, at first, he, he still has bad separation anxiety if he can't see us. Mm-hmm. And, and when we went to the SPCA, it's like he cried there for four days. And we happened to be there looking at a kitten and hearing this little dog cry. And he was ready to go in 15 minutes, like his um, incubation period was up. So we adopted him. But the, qu- the question is, whenever you're sitting watching TV or doing something or just laying down and you cough, he comes and he paws at you. And then he takes you. We have baby gates because of the cat. And he'll take you to the baby gate in the living room. And then he goes to the baby gate to the staircase and he wants to go up and he takes you upstairs to your bedroom. And then he sits by the bed by you. I was curious as if he could have been a service dog because it was an elderly couple that had him. Um, I did go online and they say that some of the Maltese's are used as or a service dog. Uh, service dogs like emotional support dogs for sure. That's totally that's totally possible. You never know what goes on in the inner lives of dogs, but they are very sensitive, intuitive little creatures for sure. He's, he's, he knows 
if I, he has, a, we bought him a, a puppy cage, eight by four, but it's in the dining room and it's not locked. But as, as soon as I pull the baby gate, if we're leaving, because like, it's out open a lot, but if we're not around, we have to shut it. Uh, if I pull the baby gate to the living room and he has the living room, dining room, and the cat has the kitchen hallway bathroom where his litter box is, he starts to howl just like a baby. And he howls and he, well, and then two weeks ago we were attacked by a pit bull in the park. Uh, the guy, what? well, the young kid let the pit bull go in the ball diamond and at right in Richmond Hill at the market, let the pit bull go and the pit bull ran out because there's no gate all the way around the ball diamond. And uh, anyway, we were attacked and the dog bit at me and I'm holding the little Maltese up. He's only nine pounds. But like he cried after that, he just a little bit of a nip, but like he, you couldn't leave him. For a whole week, he was like a baby. He just wanted to be held because he's yep. a lap dog. That's not surprising. Yeah, yeah, you know, and he just wants to be. And, he, and even at night, like he's been very good since well, it was a year in June. Uh, the first two nights, we had to stay downstairs with him. But after that, he was fine to sleep. And now, like, he goes to bed at 1030 and gets up at 830, you know. And But I was curious about that issue because he comes and I, I, I happen to be able to call his original vet because they left the postal code when they whited everything out on the papers they gave us, they left the postal code mm-hmm. so I was able to call all the vets in that area and through his rabies shot number I was able to find the vet he had and she said I can't say too much because they put him, you know, as a, as a rescue dog. They put him in the SPCA, but she said, I think he was a rescue dog. And I was just curious, because it's very strange. I've never, I haven't had a cold since I had him, but if you just sneeze or cough, he's right at you, you know, pawing, paws on your leg, and then he takes you. Like, I, wonder, I wonder if that's the case. I wonder if he was with, a, uh, the other thing is patterning. I wonder if he was with an elderly lady or man that had issues with maybe COPD or something like that. And when they coughed, they would go up and lay down. So the patterning is when you cough, you go up and lay down. That's so I, I wonder if that's, if it's a learned thing. How yeah, old's the dog? He's 12. Wow. He was with them 11, but he wouldn't eat and he didn't eat. And he went back to the SPCA and brought the food they gave us and they changed the food to the tune of a hundred. I think uh, it appears we've uh, lost our call there with Mary in Richmond Hill about uh, about her dog and uh, yeah. So hopefully everything's fine there. Just a, a couple things. It's it, when I was just thinking about our our own. Uh, little seven pounder at home billy who has uh, as i said if you missed it earlier on he's a he's a papillon poodle mix so my wife looked into it before we got him saying you know what poodles are smart and so are papillons you put those two together and i'll tell you he's the smartest seven pounds of anything out there that i know this guy <laughs> honestly doctor if it's mentioned the name of a particular pet store he starts barking he knows we're going if you mention <laughs> backyard to him he starts going crazy because he knows this time of the year that means going to the pool. So to oh. to tell someone that they're not smart, that they can't talk, I got news for you. If you don't no, have totally one, do. and I don't know what it is, but uh, I tell you, what a brainiac that little yeah. guy is. Yeah, the little, the little dogs can be really, really intelligent. Now, why is that? Just why is that? Uh, small dog, big brain, but that's not to say big dog necessarily 
dumb. I know you mentioned about year two, and you're saying how one's a meathead. And that was your words, not mine. That was you saying meathead. And I know that's lovable. You mean that in a loving way, and I know that's uh, that's a term of endearment. But is that true with the smaller ones, that they're just... They are often more um, alert and aware, and uh, yeah, they're... They're on more. They're on more. They're on, and it also makes them more... um, unfortunately more anxious sometimes oh yeah he's uh he's pretty much uh yeah he's yeah i think when he's resting he's not if you know what i mean it's just <laughs> well, that's good. no it's just uh and there's i'm sure a lot of people out there with small dogs and i was going to ask uh, mary there in richmond hill before she went with her maltese being a smaller dog too but yeah. listen uh i can't believe how quickly this hour has gone by earlier on with uh arta cole founder and chair of elder dog canada you can go online elder dog Canada. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.